You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. New episodes every Monday and Thursday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hello and good day, San Jose. Welcome to the Stick Hungry Podcast, your home of the San Jose Sharks on the Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dylan Kayser. You can find myself on Twitter at DYL underscore THPN. You can find the show on Twitter at Stick Hungry Pod. And you can find the network, the Hockey Podcast Network at Hockey Pod Net. We're doing a bit of a different episode today. Uh, Producer T isn't in studio, and this one's actually my fault. Um, I've had some I've had some work come up uh, that's kind of conflicted our studio time, so we're going to do a little bit of a throwback episode. Uh, we're going to throw it back to our interview with Bracken Kearns, which was a great one. I'm sure anybody who missed that interview uh, will be pleased to hear that one come up on this episode. Uh, we also have a new Shane rap, actually, so we do have some new content this episode, and I'm also going to throw back uh, to one of our favorite open phone calls um, from Bayou Benders. Uh, th- that was about midway through the season, I think just after Christmas. I think you might even hear a Christmas reference in there, so that gives you an idea of when he called in, but it was, uh, it was a doozy of an open phone call, uh, so I figured I'd run it for you guys again. You know, the Sharks have been playing pretty well uh, the last week, and I don't know, guys, that it almost kills me. I mean, basically, as soon as we declare we're out of the playoffs, and, you know, it's, it, it is pretty much done, not mathematically, but uh, we're, we're getting closer and closer every day. But like I said, it seems like as soon as it was over, we turned the page, we realized that the season was kind of done for then we start winning these games you know five nothing victory against the penguins um i'm recording right now during the toronto maple leafs game it looks like we might come out with a victory in this one as well too little too late like we said last episode but hey well it's always nice to have some competitive hockey to finish off the season you want to know that guys are are putting it putting it on the line for the team um, you know, guys are fighting for contracts. Guys are fighting for jobs next season. So let's hope we uh, let's hope we have some entertaining hockey uh, to finish off this year. Because I mean, I don't have to tell you guys, it's been a disappointing year, and we we've all come to the realization that playoffs are not realistic. But hey, let, let's at least watch some entertaining hockey uh, in, in the last month or so here in the NHL regular season. One quick reminder uh, I want to tell you folks is to visit the hockey. Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's where you can find the 2020 NHL Draft Lottery Simulator Contest, which is actually sponsored by Tankathon.com and Cool Hockey. You have a chance to win a $200 Cool Hockey gift card. Now, that'll basically get you a brand new jersey. Uh, Cool Hockey, like I talked about on the last episode, they have a cool program. Uh, no pun intended, uh, where they sell a mystery box. Now, this mystery box is $150 US. 
you are guaranteed a new Adidas jersey, uh, and, and they're mostly you know more high-profile players. You're gonna get you know a, a McDavid, an Eichel, a, a Carlson, th- those kind of guys, or you have the chance to get a vintage signed jersey, um, and they also have a thousand-dollar gift card that they throw in. Uh, every few mystery boxes so it's really a win-win situation visit at hockey pod net for all the details on that contest it's super easy essentially you visit tankathon.com you run the nhl draft lottery simulator until you see you know a rundown of what you think is going to happen if you're going to put 10 bucks on what you think is going to happen in the draft lottery simulator i want you to pick that one to enter into the contest then you head on over to hockey pod net find the contest post and and tag your screenshot of your NHL Draft Lottery Simulator. It's pretty simple. I might be overcomplicating things, but visit at HockeyPodNet on Twitter, and all the details will be there. So, like I said, bit of a different episode. We're going to throw back to some older interviews. Uh, we have a new Shane Rap. That's that's the one piece of uh, new content that we have. And, and you know what? Let's actually jump into the Shane Rap right now. It's a good one. It's another, you know, there's always subtle jabs at Producer T, but they're getting less and less subtle. So let's just jump right into uh, the Shane Rap. Hey, Shane. Uh, yeah, Producer T had a pretty tough start to the last episode, episode 45 at the 5.30 mark is where the, this rap starts. A direct quote from CCT. Alright, here it goes. Like they, we gotta take them well. Like, it's, it's great to see. You gotta take these victories like they, we gotta take them well. CCT's got a trail, can you tell? Just making sense is hard as hail. Eyes red like PR's tail. Give her a listen, once you take this in. You listen, Terry Ryan reminiscing. So much to hear on THPN. Wait a few days and listen again. I will say one thing, and this might be at producer T's expense, but Shane has been getting wittier and wittier every time he raps about producer T. Um, you know, it, it's that's why diss tracks are a thing in rap. It really, really brings the best out of people. So big shout out to Shane. Um, you can follow him on Twitter at Van Nice Shane, the nicest of Shane's. We always appreciate the Sharks raps. But I want to give a quick shout out to some other people on Twitter that are big fans of the show and really make this show what it is. Uh, big Nicky at at leper underscore thirty five your beauty Ronald Lee Adams at Ronald Lee Adams four I love this guy he actually won the signed Brent Burns puck um, he's a Colorado guy he's toughing it out in the snow but he still loves him some San Jose Sharks uh, at three K A the evil of the dark order. This guy is a regular contributor to the open phone. I know you folks have heard us butcher his text once or twice over the open phone. So we appreciate you. Uh, Duck mayhem at pocket cannon at pocket cannon. I don't know. That might mean something else, but we're not going to get too, too deep into that one. Uh, let's look at a couple others. Uh, Matt Talley, Matt Ta- at Matt Talley too. Give him a follow on Twitter. He's also a big contributor to the show uh, at the Hockey Stig is another one that's popped up recently at We Are Shark City. Uh, you know, I, I can't list everybody that contributes to this show because honestly, we have so many great fans that, that make this show what it is. And we really thank you all. You know, Eric Vanco is another one. 
Vanessa at Pebble Cafe is another one. I mean, we, we have so many. I can't go through them all, like I said before, but we really do appreciate every time you guys tweet us, every time you every time you guys text us. Oh, I almost forgot. Solomon Strader. How could I forget? Regular contributor to the open phone. But anyways, big shout out to all you fans. Let's move on to the Bracken Kearns interview. All right, folks, we have an absolute treat for you. We are joined by former Sharks forward Bracken Kearns. Bracken, thanks for taking the time to join us on the Stick Hungry podcast. How are you doing today, man? Great. Fabulous over here. Awesome. Um, yeah, let's just uh, let's just dive into it. Uh, I, I want to talk a bit about your hockey career. So why don't we start off at the University of Calgary? Um, not the most traditional route for a, for a Canadian Western boy to go. I mean, we all know about the WHL, the BCHL. So I just want to know what kind of pushed you towards going towards uh, the University of Calgary. Yeah, you know what? I uh, I got I got really lucky. I I um, had a buddy. Um, that was heading out to, to go to school. One of my best friends go to school in, in Calgary. He was from there. And, um, I decided, uh, you know, that sounds like a nice spot. Um, I just, uh, you know, played junior B hockey here in Vancouver and, um, you know, for the most part, uh, wasn't going too far, uh, at the time in hockey and, and, um, uh, you know, decided to head out to the university of Calgary, mostly, uh, just because I wanted a different scenery, um, one of my best buddies was going there and, and, um, they obviously had a hockey team and, you know, I didn't want my, uh, you know, hockey dreams necessarily to, to, to finish, uh, at the junior B level. And, um, you know, I decided to try to walk onto this team and, and, um, you know, that's what I ended up doing. Awesome. So what was the style of, uh, hockey over there? I mean, you know, you think about Western Canada, you think about big guys, 200 pound guys throwing it out out there, but was it more of a skilled game or was it like the traditional Canadian Western hockey? Yeah, at the university? Yeah, at the university. Yeah, you know, it was, um, you know, most guys on our team were Western Hockey League guys. So they were, um, you know, I think uh, kind of depended on the team. I remember playing against uh, the Saskatchewan teams. They always had big, you know, tough um players and, and then there was uh university of alberta who had uh probably more skilled uh skilled guys you know high-end players from the western hockey league so it was kind of a mixture of um of you know size and skill and and it was all new to me too i uh, you know i got really lucky to have uh made this team and to be a part of that team so um you know everything was pretty new to me and it was fast you know i came from junior b and these guys had all played in the western hockey league or or were top scorers in the BCHL, and and uh, so to me it was it was unbelievable hockey at the time, and and um, you know it definitely uh, you know definitely the, a lot of the boys were bigger than I was and better than I was and faster than I was, so it was there was a lot of catching up to do for me. Yeah, I mean, and that's the difference between going to uh, junior, you know, and university hockey. Some of these guys are four or five years older than you, so you really got to keep up. But that probably helped you because you moved on to the Toledo Storm of the ECHL. And you actually had a great uh, first season, 33 goals, 36 assists, 69 points. Uh, what was your experience like joining your first pro team? Yeah, you know what? I, I remember, um, you know, getting off the plane. I think the coach picked me up and you know, I didn't know exactly where I was going. No idea. I'd never been to Ohio before. And, and, um, I just remember camp there, you know, my first real pro camp. And, and, um, I think there was probably five or six fights in the first couple of minutes of the game. <laughs> you know, you, you start wondering where, you know, you know, if this is really what you want to be doing. And, 
and um, you know at, at times it's pretty scary getting going and and uh, you know there's a lot of um, you know hungry hockey players especially those lower levels that uh, you know these guys I'm sure were all all trying to move up and and uh, you know trying to move up uh, any way they could and and a lot of guys uh, you know had to use fisticuffs to 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 move on up so yeah it was uh, it was a huge eye opener heading down there and playing that style of hockey the, the the coast when i played there was you know really rough and and uh you kind of get used to it and and um you know i i got really lucky there though i had a coach that liked me um i didn't really know where i was going i didn't have a great um you know pass i didn't you know i wasn't like a big score in the whl or anything like that so you know i had a coach that believed in me gave me ice time and and it ended up being a great year in toledo that's awesome and uh Maybe just talk a bit about the town. I mean, how was it like your first pro town was Toledo? We don't, I don't know too much about it. The little research I've done though, it doesn't seem like a bad spot to land uh, in the ECHL. It's not, you know, and I, I didn't realize that really until I spent some time there, but, but to be totally honest with you, we were treated like Kings there. Um, they had an old rink. I think they've replaced it now, but, but the old rink uh, was packed every night Um you know, we, uh, the police would give us breaks there. Like you, you, you felt like, uh, you know, a celebrity in a small town and, 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 you know, we'd go into other towns, um, that seemed a lot, had it, had it worse off than us. Uh, let's just say that, uh, you know, uh, Johnstown, um, where I believe they filmed some of Slapshot, um, that was, uh, you know, in the league back then. <laughs> And uh, towns like Dayton, these are these are towns that um, you know you hear guys that, that, that played there that said it was pretty rough. So um, you know Toledo was not a bad spot uh, to be, and and uh, you know I I just remember having a blast there. So I don't really have uh, anything bad to say about the town. Awesome. Uh, let's fast forward to 2013, 2014. Another pretty good town, San Jose, California. Uh, you get 25 games in the regular season with the Sharks. Uh, that must have been quite the experience. I mean, uh, maybe what were one or two of the guys that stood out to you in the room in San Jose and also maybe touch on your experience joining a team and having, you know, 25 consecutive games with the team? Yeah, that was, you know, an amazing run for me. I, I uh, you know, obviously the first name that comes to mind is Jumbo. I, I uh, you know, had the best captain in the world, Joe Thornton. He was um, such a great guy. Uh, kept the room really light and and uh, just an amazing hockey player. Like I, uh, you know, a lot of these guys, Burns and Pavelski and Couture. You know, I'm just in awe of these guys every day in practice and in games. And um, you know, I had to pinch myself a lot down, uh, playing in San Jose, just that I was you know part of this team and um, you know trying to help uh, in any way I could. But um, you know, those guys in the end, you know, when I look back, they're just the nicest guys. They they welcome me. They, um, you know, we're so competitive in games, so good. And yet, uh, you know, in the dressing room, they were light. They had fun. They were, you know, themselves. And, and um, you know, they're just like really nice, funny guys. And, and uh, they really welcome anyone who's on the team. So, um, but as far as the experience, uh, you know, I'd only kind of had cups of coffee before that. And, and to have, to have played 25 games in a row and, you know, a lot of those games I was playing on the third, I was centering the third line, um, you know, matching up against guys like Patrick Kane and stuff. It was, um, you know, it was crazy times for me. I, I, uh, 
Uh, you know, I'd never felt so good on the ice. And, and, and I think I was, you know, 32 or 33 at the time. And, you know, not a spring chicken, but I felt, uh, I felt amazing. And, and um, you know, a lot of it was just, uh, you know, playing on such a good team. You can't help but kind of elevate yourself. And, and, and um, yeah, so that was awesome. You know, and I had a coach there, Todd McClellan, that uh, clearly believed in me and, and gave me all this opportunity. And, you know, he, he didn't have to do that. Uh, you know, there, there would have been lots of prospects and young guys that, that uh, could have got this opportunity. So I'm, I'm forever thankful, you know, to that organization, to the coach and to the, the players for, you know, allowing a guy like myself that, that uh, you know, didn't, didn't uh, you know, wasn't drafted, didn't, didn't have a great past. And, and uh, you know, there I was playing a regular shift in the NHL. It was pretty cool. Yeah, playing regular, and like you said, they had a they had a great year that year. Fifty one wins. Um, you know, they they were dominating in the Pacific. Uh, you mentioned keeping it light. What were maybe one or two guys that were kind of jokesters in the room that uh, really kept things light? Well, for sure, Jumbo and Burns. Uh, you know, those two guys are pretty close. I think, and and um, it, they're just hilarious. Like uh, you know, there's lots of stories, but but um, you know, the one playoff series I played against I was lucky enough to play a whole series against LA and I just remember being in the dressing room and dying laughing and you know these were obviously enormous games but but these guys you know had already been there and, and knew how to win and you knew they were gonna be good so they they uh, were just themselves in the dressing room and and um, you know that had a huge effect on on who on on myself and and uh, you know it gives you a lot of confidence and and, uh, you know, you're not, uh, you're way less stressed playing, playing hockey because it was pretty stressful hockey for me. Um, and, uh, you know, those guys sure lighten the mood. So, um, those two guys definitely stand out as just hilarious, awesome guys that, uh, you know, I miss, I miss uh, being around those guys. Yeah, definitely. I mean, it helps also for, for young guys or inexperienced guys coming in when, you know, you're in probably one of the most stressful situations of your life, and you got Jumbo Joe over there just cracking jokes. I mean, that must help a lot. Uh, let's let's fast forward though. You moved over to Finland to play in the Finnish Elite League. Uh, what was that like? What were some of the uh, differences that you noticed on the ice and, and maybe off the ice? Uh, you actually had some time in Austria as well, so let's maybe lump those two experiences in together. So, what were you know some of the, the major differences on and off the ice? Yeah, like, um, you know, we went over to Finland. We just had a baby. Uh, we had our second baby. I kind of, uh, you know, I stayed I stayed around here hoping to find a job in North America. Um, I was pretty stubborn at the time, and I wanted a certain deal, and it didn't come. And, um, you know, we, we headed over to Finland kind of uh, late October there, um, which is pretty late to head over to Europe. And, um, you know, we went over there and I just remember it was a weird experience to begin with. Um, I hadn't, uh, you know, it was a bit of a culture shock. I hadn't had a lot of experience in Europe before, um, you know, traveling outside of North America. So, um, you know, the, the, the people were different. Uh, I would, I would say that the, um, you know, population over there, they're pretty, they keep to themselves. They're pretty quiet. Um, I think that's changing. I think the younger population is a little different, but, but definitely the older population, uh, you know, I don't know how much they love, um, at least in my experience, uh, you know, people coming over, especially the smaller towns uh, over there. Um, and it's such a small country, too. I mean, uh, what, there's, what, five, six million people in the country. So, yeah, they're, yeah, they're pretty like, tight-knit communities. They are for sure. And they've got, you know, I, I um, definitely, uh, 
um, you know, they, they've got quite a past with, uh, you know, some, some pretty heavy wars, um, uh, you know, with, with Russia and stuff like that, uh, not to get too into it, but, but, um, I guess, um, you know, some of the older population carry stuff like that around and, and um, but in all honesty, um, it ended up being a wonderful experience. Um, you know, I, I wouldn't say I was looking to play in Europe at the time. I still thought that I had some, um, you know, game left and, and, um, I, you know, I still, like I said, wanted to be in North America, but, but, uh, needless to say, uh, you know, went over there and, and, um, you know, was lucky. I ended up in a spot just outside of Helsinki, um, which, uh, you know, there's obviously smaller towns, uh, you know, a few hours away from Helsinki that would have been in the league that, that, uh, probably would have been a little rougher, uh, to have lived in. So I was able to bring my family over there, um, and, uh, ended up being a great experience. The on ice, I remember I just played in the NHL and, and I headed over there and lots of skill, but I couldn't believe the turnovers. I, I, uh, it was a turnover game and, and that's the one thing, um, you know, it's kind of funny you get, you know, I show up and I, I literally played, I want to say the next night, um, after I showed up, you know, I, I probably wasn't in the greatest, um, hockey shape to have been playing a mid season game, but, but, um, but I, I just remember just a million turnovers in that first game and, and um, so obviously they like to keep the puck over there and, and uh, you know, not a lot of dump-ins. I was used to, especially playing third, fourth line in, in San Jose, you know, making sure you get the puck deep and, and chasing it down. And, and that just didn't uh, exist over there. But um, but lots of skilled guys. Uh, I'm sure I played against a lot of guys that are over here now in the NHL. And, and uh, you know, they've, they've produced a lot of good players. Um, obviously their junior team has done pretty well too. So, um but, uh, you know, it was the bigger ice. Uh, I was never known for my skating, so that was an adjustment for me. Um, and then, you know, if you if you rough someone up, you're definitely going to the box for a while, and, and it's uh, definitely frowned upon over there. So it was just different hockey, and, and uh, but, but what an amazing experience. And, and uh, you know, the guys over there were awesome, and, and uh, you know, lots of great memories from, from playing over there. And, and last year in Austria, much the same bigger ice, lots of skilled guys. Um, you know, I'm, I was an older player and, and trying to keep up with those guys was, was uh, getting a little tougher. Um, but um, what a beautiful country. And, 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 you know, in that league, they've got five other countries in the same league. So, uh, you know, Austria being a smaller country, you get to travel around, um, you know, with the team and then also with my family. So just, just awesome experiences that, uh, you know, I'll never forget. Yeah, I mean, like Austria, that's that's not a bad spot to end your career at your prof- professional career. Um, you just retired from playing hockey. So what are you up to these days? Are you just swinging the golf clubs, maybe on the ski hill? Are you are you still playing pickup hockey? What, what are you up to? Yeah, so so I'm doing, um, you know, I'm helping out with some skills um, uh, with some younger groups uh, at the moment uh, at the club where I grew up playing at. Um, up in Vancouver. Studying. Up in Vancouver, yeah. So, so I, I grew up playing at Hollyburn Country Club. Um, Morgan Riley, the Reinhardt brothers, um, a few other guys uh, uh, grew up playing there. So, Gee, what's in the uh, water there? Jesus, I don't know. Yeah, it's a that's a good question, but but um, yeah. So yeah, no, I've just been helping out with that. I've been uh, I'm writing my securities. I'm going into um, I have an economics background, so I'm going into finance. I think. Um, but uh, we bought a house in, in Vancouver and, and uh, definitely play a lot of golf in the summer. Uh, play a little bit of pickup hockey. I kind of uh, 
swore that I'd never, you know, I'd never <laughs> do it, but, but, um, uh, play a little bit of, a little bit of that, maybe just to stay in shape. And do you, and, do you uh, think you'll ever stop playing hockey or maybe just like once or twice a year kind of thing? Yeah. You know, like I, I, I think I always said my, my dad played in the NHL and he, he, uh, definitely hung up his skates the day he retired. So I kind of thought I'd be the same way. And, and, um, you know, I'm, now I'm kind of thinking that's a bit of a silly, uh, mentality, you know, hockey's a great way to stay in shape. And I, I definitely miss the dress room and, and, um, you know, I, I can honestly say I loved every minute of playing hockey. I love the games. I love practice. And, and so, you know, I don't want that just to end, uh, you know, in one day. And, and, uh, so, so I still, um, you know, get out there a little bit, but, but, um, but I'm busy. I got, f- I have four girls and, and, um, yeah, that'll so, keep you busy. Yeah. That'll keep us, keep us busy. And we're renovating our house. So I'm learning stuff like that, that, that I've really enjoyed. Um, but, um, just all the things, yeah. you know, you didn't have time to do while you're playing hockey, you know, going to all these different cities. It, it's awesome, man. Yeah, you know, like I, I, I love my hobbies and, and um, you know, I'm just having an amazing time. Um, you know, it's just, it's nice. I, you know, I miss a lot of things about hockey, but I don't miss, uh, you know, I don't miss the bus rides anymore. And, and you know, I don't miss being told to be here at this time. Um, you know, I've been enjoying that freedom. And, and uh, obviously, you know, I spend a lot of time with my, I'm pretty much a stay-at-home dad at the moment, uh, taking my girls to school and, and having all the time in the world for them. So, uh, you know, the money's going to run out here pretty soon, so I better uh, figure something out, but, but, uh, but I'm enjoying this, uh, this moment for sure. Awesome. One quick last question. Yeah. Who do you watch these days? Do you watch a lot of hockey? Are you a, a Vancouver guy, a San Jose guy? I know you mentioned your dad, uh, Dennis Kearns was a Vancouver Canucks legend. So is that what you're watching these days? You know what? We don't have cable, so okay. I'm, I'm watching Paw Patrol and stuff like that. Uh, to be totally honest with you, I I keep tabs on all the hockey teams. Um, I'll watch highlights once in a while on YouTube, but I but I I haven't even watched a, a you know full game. I I uh, you know the Canucks lost in '94. There, that was my last year of uh, being a you know a true huge fan of a team. Um, you know, I love uh, watching McDavid's the world, all the all the superstars. And, um, you know, I want to see Jumbo do well and, and San Jose, they were always really good to me. And I still got lots of pals on the Islanders and stuff that, you know, I played a couple games up there a few years ago. It wasn't that long ago. So, you know, I'm, I'm definitely cheering for my buddies and, and, um, you know, love watching the big guys play, but, um, and, you know, I want to see the Canucks do well cause, uh, but, but I, like I said, like I, I was a huge fan as a kid. And, uh, you know, I love the 94 team and I don't think anyone, anyone will, will uh, replace that. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm a generation younger than you, but I also grew up in the uh, BC region. So the 2011 cup final, I mean, that was kind of the dagger in my heart. So uh, yeah, yeah, this, this team is a little bit cursed, but anyways, thanks for joining us, man. We really appreciate it. Hopefully we can have, have another chat sometime in the season. That was awesome. Thanks so much for having me. Big shout out again to Bracken Kearns for coming on the show and telling us some of his story. Like I said in that interview, uh, the interview was around uh, Christmas time, I believe. But hopefully we can get him back on the show. I'm sure this guy has some has some great stories. He's, he's played professional hockey for a long time. So hopefully we can get Bracken Kearns back on the show. And I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Now we're going to go to one of my favorite open phone calls. This one was from Bayou Benders. And this was 
also around Christmas time. It might have might have been after uh, Christmas. Bayou Benders is the host of the New Jersey Devils show on the Hockey Podcast Network. But this guy is also a big Sharks fans, uh, a big Sharks fan, and, and you can hear the displeasure in this guy's voice. Um, you know what? Let, let's just get right into it. Enjoy Bayou Benders. Pelican game right now. Not where the fuck I want to be. I could be watching hockey. Here I am stuck in New Orleans with a shitty-ass basketball team. Fuck them. Anyway, let's talk about the fucking Sharks for a minute, right? Uh, you know, so we go, we beat, uh, who was it? Pittsburgh. Everyone's fucking hurt, so that's awesome. You know, uh, and then we turn around, we beat Columbus. They're doing pretty fucking good. Corpus is hurt, so I can't really call it a great fucking victory. Um, but we're starting off January. Two, two more wins, you know, at... We're dead even with how we did in fucking December with two wins for the whole fucking month. Merry Christmas, Sharks fans. Um, but then we're going to Washington. We start fucking putting, the, you know, we part, start fucking whipping some ass. Thank God for fucking Evander Kane. It's, it's not his fucking fault that the team's struggling. He's fucking killing it. I tell you whose fucking fault it is. People like fucking Martin Jones and goddamn Aaron fucking Dell. You guys need a longer fucking answering machine for this shit. I don't know where the fucking cut off, but here we go again. Martin Jones, are you fucking kidding me? That's our fucking problem. We get rid of the goddamn coaches, but we really need to get rid of the fucking goalies. I'll take fucking anybody at this point. You know what? Where the fuck is uh, Antti Niemi? Someone wake that fucking idiot up. He could do a better job than this shit right now. I mean, if it's not if, if it's not for the fucking lack of fucking goal scoring, we can't fucking keep a beach ball out the fucking net. Jesus Christ! And then we gotta play fucking St. Louis. We're fucking done, though. I don't know how you boys are fucking feeling over there, but this is fucking tragic. Fuck this. I've said it before and I'll say it again. This guy, this guy's a beauty at Bayou Benders on Twitter, the host of the New Jersey Devils show on the Hockey Podcast Network. If you're a Devils fan, I highly suggest listening to that show. And if you like it, give it a rate and review on iTunes. You can find it on our main site, thehockeypodcastnetwork.com, or you can find it via our, our Twitter page, at HockeyPodNet. All right, I think that pretty much wraps up the episode for this week. Uh, thank you to everybody that's still listening at this point. If you are, I'm assuming you didn't hear the Bracken Kearns interview uh, the first time we ran it, so I really hope you enjoyed that one. Let's hope we can get him back on the show again. Um, you know, contribute to our open phone line, 669-201-9545. We will have an open phone segment on Monday, so get your voicemails in, get your text in, and we guarantee that we will read it on our podcast. You can follow myself at DYL underscore THPN on Twitter. You can follow Producer T, who will be back on Monday. You can follow him at Producer underscore T-E-E. You can follow the show, the Stick Hungry Podcast, on Twitter at Stick Hungry Pod. And you can follow the network, the mothership, at HockeyPodNet. All right, folks. Again, thank you very much for joining me on this Thursday. And we'll get back to you on Monday.